0: Welcome back Packers fans to the quick Slant podcast, a game on Wisconsin. I am your host, Jason Perrone. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Perone. You can follow game on Wisconsin at game on WI. We waited eight months for Packers football to return. It returned. The game is in hand. Week one is over. And I think as Packers fans, we are probably glad that it is. The Minnesota Vikings take down the Packers 23 to seven at us bank stadium. They are one and zero. the Packers are zero and one for the second year in a row Packers Do not look great on opening day and joining me to break this all down because I'm a glutton for punishment is (laughs) my friend, Eric Thompson of the daily Norseman. He covers the Minnesota Vikings for SB nation, Eric, this is the first time you've been on quick Slants. I know you've joined me and Jacob Westendorf on our prior show. Welcome back.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. And like we discussed a little bit before uh, we went live here, um, it was a, a pleasant surprise, I think, for a lot of Vikings fans to have a, a relatively comfortable win over uh, the defending division champs.
0: Yeah. And I think coming into the game, we, we chatted very briefly beforehand. I said, hey, what did, was that expected? And obviously, I don't think anybody would have expected a, a, a gap that wide. But coming into this game. You find out beforehand that the Packers are not going to have David Bakhtiari. They're not going to have Elton Jenkins. They're not going to have Alan Lazard. Those are three really key pieces on offense. Nobody played during the preseason. The Vikings certainly didn't look like they didn't play during the preseason, but nobody on the Packers side played during the preseason. So going in and learning who's going to be inactive today, did that shift any of your thinking from, say, compared to where you were on Saturday?
1: Um. I mean, losing Bakhtiari and Jenkins for sure. I mean, it it sounded like Lazard was out basically all week, and that was that was kind of coming in. And I like we dis, I, we discussed a little bit before the show that I I expected a low scoring game for slightly different reasons than it played out. I thought the Packers would have. Kind of some trouble figuring out exactly who were you know who they could trust and who they couldn't trust on offense that definitely came to fruition uh today that uh, as a north dakota state al- alumnus it, it hasn't been a great day for uh former bison uh <laughs> having with trey lance losing in chicago and uh christian watson on that uh the opening play uh, not not a great uh start for him for his packers career but uh, uh so that that wasn't out of left field i don't think and of course having the two starting uh, offensive linemen out definitely hurt Rogers getting sacked. I believe it was four times and, mm-hmm. and picked off like the, the, the pressure was pretty consistent there from the Vikings, but on, on uh, the deep, on the other side of the ball, it, it was, it was a lot smoother sailing than I thought for the, that it would be for the Vikings, just because I, I, I have a lot of respect for the, the Packers defense. I think they are going to be one of the better units in the NFL this season. And especially with that secondary, they, 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 uh, uh, they're a formidable unit there. And I, I was pleasantly surprised by the Vikings offense with the, the, the lack of pass rush that the the Packers had for a, a decent portion of that game. There was a couple of plays that uh rookie right guard uh, Ed Ingram looked a little out of place, but usually it, whenever the Vikings play the Packers, I'm just uh, penciling in Kenny Clark, steamrolling Garrett Bradbury five or six times in the game. And that fortunately didn't happen. So like um, it, again, uh, a pleasant surprise, not completely out of left field, how it uh, developed, but I I think my, Pre-game article was I think I predicted a 20 to 17 Vikings win and a lot of people kind of said well I think it's going to be a shootout but so that part I got right you know I, I hit the under I guess and I I, I got the money line in the spread but I um it was still surprising to see a relatively comfortable win for the Vikings
0: yeah they did I mean obviously they were in control up front and you, that's the old adage went up front you win the game the Packers did get penetration on one sack of Kirk Cousins I think Kenny Clark was in there Rashawn Gary got in there and forced some pressure but whenever they got through and they were in his face. He was able to get the ball out quickly. I don't think it's any surprise who who we're going to talk about next, which would be Justin Jefferson who honestly is ascending himself to one of the best receivers in the game right now. I know that we had DeVonte Adams and and there's a lot of love to be uh to remain with him as far as Packers fans go, but you know, 158 yards in the first half. He ends up ends the day with two touchdowns. I think that was a Vikings record if I'm not mistaken in, in a first half. And when you think about some of the great receivers that the Vikings have had, right. He finishes with 184 yards on nine catches. I have said week one, Rust. no one played in the preseason and talked about all that kind of stuff, but that is not week one. That is an elite receiver making plays and making himself available to the quarterback. So I know that you probably want to gush over Jefferson, and so I'll, I'll let you do that. He was a fantastic, but he has kind of become a Packer killer and it's it's really equalizing this matchup between the Packers and the Vikings the past couple seasons
1: yeah I mean it was uh amazing especially because this was the first you know if we remember last year both times Jair Alexander wasn't available and I personally expected a lot more Alexander on Jefferson and we didn't really see it a lot but you have to give a lot of credit I think to Kevin O'Connell and the game plan that they had they were moving uh Justin Jefferson all over the formation, Uh, and even after the snap, he was definitely he was. They had a lot of success on on crossing routes and just basically scheming Jefferson open, and that's a really easy job, I think, a lot of times too, because Jefferson can get open just on just about anyone. But I thought the 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 play calling, especially in that first half, was was really good. Got him involved early and often. And yeah, it's it's amazing. It's there have been several very very good uh Viking wide receivers, but he is already establishing himself only in his third season in that upper echelon of all of all timers. It is he is amazing to watch, and uh, he was a huge reason why the, the the Vikings offense clicked as well as it did today.
0: Yeah, so over sixty snaps, you had twenty eight runs, twenty uh, Dalvin Cook twenty carries for ninety yards, four and a half yards. Alexander Madison, same thing, four and a half. Eight carries, thirty-six. Kirk throws it thirty-two times, two two touchdowns, no picks, only sacked one time. For a rookie head coach, I think that's always a big question: is coming in, what are we going to expect from him? Now he's coming in with a lot of confidence because he's coming off a Super Bowl win with the Rams. We know he's a good offensive mind. The Vikings have changed around the culture. I asked you how you felt coming into this game. I should back should have backed up and said coming into this season with the changes at head coach and GM, and after seeing Week One. You've got to be feeling pretty good. I know it's only one week, but you've got to be feeling pretty good about the direction of this team versus where it could be had everything just held over I think from last year.
1: Right. And that's it's again, it's a one game sample size and the the Packers kind of laid a dang in week one too, so we're <laughs> no. I have no illusions of saying, hey, this is this is exactly how the rest of the season is going to go, and the Vikings are going to run away with the NFC North. I know it's a seventeen game. It's it's going to be a slog. There's going to be ups and downs, but yes, it, that it's it's great because there were so many unknowns going into the day, and I wrote about that in my preview article on Daily Northman on Friday. It's that. Sure, these you know that you know, there's so many videos that you know the Vikings will post on social media of players dancing and all these quotes of how the, you know the players can feel like they're being themselves, which is basically thinly veiled uh, insults at uh, Zimmer's, basically saying that they had to play scared because. Zimmer was uh, a little, maybe intense is a polite word uh, to say it. Uh, But again, like it's a a one game sample, but it's, uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And, you know, the, you can have all the good vibes in the world, but if it doesn't uh, end up with uh, tallies in the wind column, it really doesn't mean much. So it's, it's a good step forward. Uh, And uh, I like some of the quotes that O'Connell drive uh, was, uh, driving back from a friend's place after the game. And he was basically, you know, like we had, now we're, we have some, you know, we've put some things on tape and now, now the teams are going to adjust and they're going to have to uh, adjust uh, in turn. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It I, I definitely, it was, it was a time for a re- regime change or a regime change at, for sure, because it was, I, I think we, uh, the Vikings just under the, the Zimmer cousins and Spielman triumvirate was a that we had seen the ceiling and the ceiling was definitely not high enough. So um, early returns are great uh, where there's a lot more uh, that that can happen, but it's, it's definitely um, better than the alternative. Yeah. And they,
0: they, they look good and the culture looks good. And I think it's more fun when everybody's good and the, the rivalries and the matchups are something to really look forward to. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to win games, but when you're in a division and this division has had its ups and downs over the years, you want that competition factor. I think it just makes the whole season that that much more fun to watch. It was a physical game. The Packers had some uh, some injuries. Some guys got banged up. John Runy Jr. Uh, left the game with a concussion. Zach Tom, the rookie, uh, stepped in and replaced him. What's going to be interesting there is if Tom's going to see some more time on the offensive line. If Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari still aren't ready to play next week, they've got the Bears at, at Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football. Does Zach Tom insert himself into the starting lineup? Ironically enough, two seasons ago, John Runyon Jr. comes in for Lane Taylor in the opener in Minnesota and has been a starting member of the offensive line since. So Runyon Jr. did not return. Rookie Quay Walker had a lot of tackles, was very active early on. He left with a shoulder injury, did not return. Kayshawn Nixon had a shoulder injury. He did not return. And Chris Barnes, as we saw, unfortunately carted off the field, lower leg injury in an air cast. Uh, so we'll have to, to monitor that situation. So the injury bug hitting the Packers a little bit early on this season, Eric, uh, on the Viking side, if uh, were there any, any injury updates or anything else on the
1: Minnesota side of things? No, it was, uh, thankfully. And, uh, so far, you know, at the beginning of the season, obviously, um, we didn't see rookie first round pick Lewis seen today because he was, he's been held out with a knee issue, but it, um, it didn't look like there were any serious injuries. I haven't seen anything again. I, uh, drove back right after the game and we're, we're talking right now. So I, I, I may have missed something, but it didn't look like anything during the game. And I haven't seen any early reports about people banged up. Obviously we'll f- find out more at the beginning of next week, but that's another uh, a very fortunate part about the Vikings. And that's, the, you know, that's the, the double-edged sword with uh, the, not playing anyone in the preseason is okay. You can come out rusty like the Packers did, or the, you know, the little unprepared, it seemed like, or you can come out uh, relatively uninjured like the Vikings have. So it's a, uh, again that's a it's a so far so good uh I, I believe at least uh for the from the injury front there for the vikings
0: so then take us through the next couple of games with minnesota because we we know that the packers that this season they've they've got they're going to play in london for the first time they've got a late buy they've got some scheduling things going on there too and hopefully that can help them this is a team that's that's the packers that's won 13 games three seasons in a row, but. They really haven't had anything to show for it. They get in the playoffs and they're just not the same team Mm -hmm. as they were during the regular season. So it's a long, it's a long one. And I'm sure O'Connell is, is not going to let his team get too high on one game. Although, like you said, you're beating the Packers at all. We all know how that, what that means to Minnesota sports fans and (laughs) Vikings fans, but if for the division, you know, it is only one game, but they only play each other twice, and now one of these games is in the books and the Vikings came out ahead. So these things matter in the end. So this first quarter of the season and these next couple games coming up here, what are the Vikings looking at as far as home, away, their their opponents, and uh that confidence level going into some of those games?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh it the it doesn't get any easier next week because the they travel to Philadelphia on Monday night next week and uh Philadelphia, boy, they almost let the Lions come back and steal that one today but the Phillies offense looked uh, pretty spectacular AJ Brown had a really nice game in his debut with, with the Eagles and uh, of course uh, uh, you know the when the schedule comes out I like to try to figure out kind of what road games I might go to the Vikings and um, that one you know when I knew they were going to Philadelphia did not uh, appeal to me <laughs> it's, a t- <laughs> it's a tough place to play it's an even tougher place to be an opposing fan so uh, that's going to be a, a tough one and then it's at home against the Lions again who looked frisky and again i i try not to get overhyped by the the um the hard knock stuff but you know that it looks like they're kind of at least um they're going to be uh tougher this year uh the lions um Mm -hmm. and then uh are the the vikings are actually going to london the week before the packers and taking on the saints uh and uh i actually am going to that game so that'll uh, taking a trip across the pond uh i did that for the 2017 game as well as for the vikings so it's uh nothing is a uh, a given that's for sure and then they come back after that uh the england game and they don't have the bye they, they elected to take the bye i believe they have a week 7 bye which is still a little on the early end which i'm not i don't like but at least it's not in week 5 so they take on the bears at home which should be a winnable game but again after all the travel it's tough so um it's the the vikings uh i, I believe everyone's you know they they had the old cliche of they you know they're going to enjoy the the victory tonight but then it's back to work cuz it's it's it definitely is. It's it's a tough uh, uh, schedule uh, for the first quarter just to make sure that they, they keep this momentum going. Are you going to be credentialed for that game in London? No, nope, just going as a fan. No, uh, the, the Vikings, you know, they they appreciate sba nations efforts but uh we're we, we don't get any special treatment there and it's it's we actually have friends that uh just moved to london so we're, we're we get to stay with them and as a am uh, a, a west ham soccer fan so i get to do the football and football double that weekend uh they i get to watch my favorite soccer team on uh Uh, at london stadium on saturday and then go watch the vikings at tottenham stadium on sunday so it's a a fun sports weekend for me but yeah no no credentials just going into the fan
0: that's going to be a lot of fun to go and go and see and yeah the packers did the same thing they opted for the later buy and they they're taking it later in the season hopefully they can rest up a little bit get healthy and and try to do something like i said the packers have this interesting hurdle to get over which is turning in all these pretty regular seasons, but not doing much. You know, there was a graphic that came up during the game that no other team has won more games over a three-season stretch than the Packers and not appeared in a Super Bowl. So obviously that's something that is going to hang over the heads of this team, the players, Matt LaFleur in his fourth season. He's come in, he's had a lot of success, but they just have not been able to get over that hump. And you're not seeing – the sweeps the Vikings have won at least one game they mm-hmm. won at Lambeau a couple of a couple of years ago
1: last year it's Sean Manning it's not Kirk Cousins so who knows <laughs> yeah, what I happens was, in that late was, season game yeah I was at that one that was that was fun watching that in 10 degree weather <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and you know fortunately the Green Bay crowd's a little more hospitable and there's no shortage of beer to drink uh, after after or before that game so hopefully Correct. that hopefully that drowned helped drown it out a little bit there but uh, the you know one of the storylines that a eye, lot eye I rolls for from Packers Nation, but Zadarius Smith makes his first appearance for the Vikings. I have to say, I was impressed with how he looked. I did not expect him to be as active all game as he was. No surprise he got the first sack. Yeah, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. You want him on your side. You're glad you have him on your side. We hate that he is there the interaction between he and Rogers when Rogers ill-advisedly <laughs> tries to lead block yep. on Z and it was funny. Cause I think he realized who that was and he kind of tried to duck out and Z through a shoulder. Now Rogers gets up, he runs back at Zedarius, right? Did that bring, did that give you a little flashbacks to the Brett Favre and Warren Sapp days when they used oh, to jaw back and forth?
1: Totally. and like the, it's uh Brett Favre and John Randall. Same thing. Like I, I loved, it. I, I think I tweeted it. It was just like Z and Rogers barking at each other. That was just, it's wholesome content. I just loved it. Like that was, that was awesome. Like that's two, two guys obviously that have plenty of respect for each other and their teammates. And uh, that, that was really cool to see. And that, uh, that was, that was a really fun little highlight within the game there. That, that was, that was really cool.
0: I used, I used Warren Sapp as an example. At least I could have done was used a Vikings player as an example, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like John Randall was any slouch. Back yeah, he was when okay. He was, yeah, back when he was terrorizing uh, the Packers. In fact, I remember a a commercial. This was a fun one. Back when when he was on the Vikings, where it was a promo. I think it was ahead of a Packers Vikings game, and he was chasing chickens around like he was preparing to get yep. after Brett Favre. And, oh yes, and those are those are great times. That's that's a lot of fun. So uh, the the other thing too uh, that I saw was was the special teams. This was has been a big source of contention for the Packers and their fans because they've struggled. They've had their problems on special teams. And today, fortunately no major disasters. Now they didn't attempt any field goals. So (laughs) there wasn't a whole lot to do other than a couple of punts. And there was some, some punt coverage. You've got Jalen Rager uh, that, that came in there to kind of help give your special teams a boost. And then I expect we'll see him on offense as well. This is one of those things where he was added late in the preseason. So, I think the Packers, even though they still came out on the wrong end of the scoreboard, were probably fortunate that they didn't get the well-oiled Jalen Rager is worked into the offense uh, situation. And then, as far as special teams, how big of an of an injection of of or a boost do you think that that's going to give that unit for the Bikes?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It was a good kind of low risk move. I mean it's it's kind of hilarious that um, you know they traded what was it a conditional fourth or fifth or something like that for the guy that was picked right before justin jefferson <laughs> okay. right. who had 184 yards and a couple scores today right. um yeah i mean again the it was a small sample size i think he just had the one punt return i got about seven yards on it Looked made a couple decent moves and um so so far so good for that and i i'm not sure that i saw him on offense yet but I've, i would assume that he'd be the the you know he'd probably getting in the rotation maybe if he did i don't think he had any uh, targets or catches or anything like that but um yeah like the the the, the biggest thing i think for the vikings was that the, the special team in the in the special teams is greg joseph like that the, the nailing the i think it was his career long and tied the vikings all time long of 56 yards um going three for three uh, making all the field goals it's it's kind of interesting like how good a kicker can be when uh, a head coach isn't going to to murder him right after the uh, if he if he misses a kick you know so maybe that has something you know that's 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 the good vibes and greg joseph had by all accounts an incredible preseason he nailed just about every uh kick in, in practice so yeah it was a really really clean game especially for all i think well neither team really had penalties i think it was only a handful in in the entire game It was a pretty clean game yeah like it was um that all three phases of the game for the vikings are there really um, aren't a ton of uh nits to pick it's it's a really i i'm i it's it's that uh in the uh ricky bobby movie you know i'm I'm, i don't know what to do with my hands you know like i i I don't (laughs) it really isn't a whole lot to complain about from the vikings perspective so yeah so far so good
0: Yeah. Joseph's been good. And, and when, yeah, like you said, when you don't take the Mike Zimmer urban Meyer approach to how you treat your kickers, then things tend to go well. And on a day when kickers definitely struggled, the, Bengals kicker Evan McPherson had another rough one. He ended up making a big kick to help send the Bengals to the Super Bowl at the end of last season. But Packers fans will remember in that game against the Bengals last year, he missed a couple big kicks. In fact, one he thought he made that he actually missed, started celebrating, didn't make (laughs) the kick. Mason Crosby trots out, hits the game winner. Packers end up winning that game. He shanked a a really short kick uh, in this one today, keeping the door open, and the Steelers were able to steal a road win in Cincinnati. So there's always strange things that happen. In week one, we've kind of already already talked about it, Eric. But before I, I let you sign off uh, and get back to celebrating the big win, you know, I guess the the question is how much of this is week one and how much of it is, hey, don't sleep on these Vikings because honestly, the way they played today, th- there's week one and there's Rust, and then there's some of the things that I saw Minnesota do. And I'm starting to rethink kind of the the shuffling, not just in the NFC North, but in the NFC. The Vikings looked pretty solid today against what I think is going to be a pretty good Packers team when all is said and done.
1: Yeah, and again, I think this is um, you know there were definitely going to be growing pains for the the, the Packers offense. I think that you know that wasn't a, a gigantic surprise, and they're kind of notorious slow starters, especially the last couple seasons. But yeah, just again with how clean of a game that the Vikings played and how you know polished it looked, especially for so many new pieces on both sides of the ball, and you know they have a lot of talent returning you know that most of the skill players are coming back for the Vikings are there um the offensive line performed a lot better than i thought they would so again but I, you, this is week 1 stuff you know you can look back at what was the the one of the first patriots super bowl seasons where they got blown out like 31 nothing by the, the the bills or something like that and then went to win the super bowl so again we know that we're we're not uh the the Packers are not dead and buried. They're going to get better. They're going to win a lot, a lot of games. That's what they always do. They have Aaron Rodgers. They're, that's uh, as long as they have number twelve back there, they're going to win some games. But yeah, it's uh it's it's promising. And again, like the you know the I still am not going to buy in. You know the the Kirk Cousins MVP buzz and all that stuff. But it, it it's uh he had a very clean, efficient performance, and that's you know if if he can't perform, you know if he can't take that next step under someone like KOC, then you know maybe he never will but uh again it's it's early returns and there's a ton of games to be played um so it's it's probably a little bit of both i think uh i i wrote about how i i really liked catching the packers in week 1 before they had a chance to to figure a lot of that stuff out so and it that definitely came to fruition today
0: yeah i said the same thing i mean i like seeing that early road game it's tough it's a really tough ass so you 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 can end up with what happened in this game with with a, a game you're just not prepared in. I mean, the Packers' defense looked a step slow all day, and the offense couldn't get any drives going, and definitely couldn't punch it in. They had their work cut out for them, and they just weren't up to the task. Uh, but again, hopefully, it's it's something the Packers can can recover from, and it's a it's a worthwhile and a very meaningful game when these two teams meet again in early January at a very what I'm, I'm assuming is going to be a very cold Lambeau Field. Now, I don't, are you gonna, are you going to be at that game as well? Uh, I think last year was good. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have plans on doing it. Um, and I think it's like on new year's day this year, right? Like that, that's, yeah. I think it was the day. Yeah. yeah. So I, I doubt it. Um, you never know. Maybe if the, the you know, if it's a, a huge game, uh, I have, uh, plenty of Packers fans in my life and, uh, it, I I'll never say no because I, I I like to to head as many games to, as as possible. But yeah, that's uh, again in this we could be a, a completely different story. Like just like we had uh, last year when the Vikings won early in the season at home and uh, it was an absolute disaster for on a lot of levels uh, in, in Lambeau. So uh, hopefully the, the the game is uh, is meaningful and uh, maybe you know helps decide the NFC North by then.
0: Yeah. some meaningful games and it's kind of the same story. So I think they faced each other in the second to last week of the season last year as well. So it's uh, another cold game at Lambeau. So the schedule makers are having some fun at the Vikings expense, but we'll see who's <laughs> laughing last at the end. But for, for this game, the Vikings come out ahead. They're one to to the tune of a 23, seven victory at us bank stadium. He is Eric Thompson of the daily Norseman over at SB nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore J underscore Thompson, Eric, thank you so much for coming back on. It goes without saying. We'd love to have you back again soon. Now, go enjoy this victory, and uh, let me let me cry in peace.
1: <laughs> All right. Will do, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Always love chatting with Eric. It's a great time whenever he comes on, and we have a chance to talk about Packers and Vikings. So just some thoughts to kind of wrap it up here, too. I mean, I think Eric and I talked about it, and we covered a lot of most of what happened with this game. It was heavy Vikings. They did exactly what I thought they were going to do, play with their hair on fire, come out really strong at home like they always do. The crowd's going to fire them up. The crowd didn't disappoint. I wasn't expecting a big gap in a loss for the Packers to look as bad as they did in this game. They really didn't look prepared. And I guess my big takeaway there and what's disappointing to me is the preparation of a team that's won so many games in the regular season over the past three years. I talked about the graphic where the Packers have won more games than any other team and not gone to a Super Bowl. So to me... That's a failure. And it's we're in week one right now. So the 2022 season is by not by any means or any stretch of the imagination a failure at all. But now the questions start to come out of why weren't you prepared? This is the second season in a row that the Packers didn't look good in week one. They didn't play anybody in the preseason. And I don't know if playing their players in the preseason would have made a huge difference and would have led to a better performance in this game. I think the Vikings were the better team. And you know what? They might be the better team this season. We just don't know what the identity of all of these, these football teams in the NFL are going to be. There's a lot of weird things that happened in the first week of the season, but as much as we saw, I don't think – you can't just call this a fluke. I mean, Justin Jefferson going off and doing what he did, that, that was not a fluke. That's a very talented wide receiver that's going to be a problem for the Green Bay Packers for many, many years to come. Don't forget about Dalvin Cook, who just casually turned in 90 yards on the ground, looked really good, got around the corner. He's a very dynamic runner, I and mean, they've, they've got an offensive-minded head coach. They've got a different culture in Minnesota now. This, this, I think this matchup and rivalry between the Packers and Vikings got a shot in the arm and it's, it definitely got a big boost and, and it's going to mean something. But, you know, for Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, since he's the head coach, I know the players play the game on the field, but I don't think Matt LaFleur listened to my, or read my open letter to the team last week. You know, he's, I know his team was down a few key guys and it's, it's, it's also an emotional letdown when you know that Elton Jenkins, David Bocciari, Alan Lazard, those are three big pieces on offense aren't going to play, but you still have to get ready to play a football game. And it's not like you didn't know that they were going to be ready. It's not like you haven't had them for a while. And and you haven't had to prepare this, had weeks and months to prepare this team to overcome and play without those guys. And how do you not have your team ready to play? And I think Matt LaFleur's teams just don't face adversity too incredibly well. They don't tend to respond to getting punched in the face much. I saw some of this in the Mike McCarthy era, although there were some games where they really fought back and they, they came back and fought hard. And when you look at, at the identity of these Packers teams with Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm talking about from an offensive standpoint versus Brett Favre from before two totally different takes and levels of grit. Aaron Rodgers has definitely led some team backs and uh, comebacks has led his team back from comebacks and really done some really good things, but you just don't see Matt LaFleur's teams do that. You know, and, and Matt LaFleur himself even said, Hey, the effort, just wasn't there and you know at halftime the game's not even over and he's already noticing that the effort's not there in it in a game well you know my take to that or my question to that is is kind of like oh yeah I mean I, that's that's really eye-opening to me because you're the head coach you know it starts and stops with you some of that or I guess a lot of that or all of that it, in some cases depending on who you are and how you want to look at it that's that's on you big guy I mean, Matt LaFleur, is. you're at the helm of the ship. The rules and regulations are yours. So why can't you get professionals who've won a lot of games for you ready for a big game? I don't know the answer to that question. And and frankly, it's not my job to answer that question. It's his job. And the expectation is that you do your job very well in Green Bay. He has in the regular season. But are we done? Are we we over it? Are we over all these regular season successes only to see the playoff failures? Well, you got to get there first. And if it's going to be tough. The road to the playoffs is going to get a lot tougher if the Vikings are going to be a more of what we saw today than not. Because that's another team that's going to stand in their way and they, they've got a leg up. They've got the first win of the season. Now, again, 16 games left. I'm not going to write the Packers off. I'm not going to say that I don't think the Packers will win the division. I still think that they will, but I'm a lot less convinced than I was five hours ago. I'm recording this on Sunday. You know, Robert Tunyon said he the Packers weren't ready for the playoffs the last two years. Why not? I don't ignore these failures, these little things, these comments and these, you know, I know uh, as meaningless as week one is, they do mean something. They, they do, they all string together. They all do mean something. I and mean, the head coach, you know, he's got a tall task this season and it's certainly not in jeopardy of, of getting done, of him completing the task after one game. But, you know, three straight again, seasons, 13 wins and awful playoff exits. It It's helpful to start off on a good note. And they need to do something this season, uh, in the postseason, and find bigger success. Or it's a very inflated resume full of empty success with a lot of really good players, including a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I'm not on the the Packers are wasting Rogers' prime bandwagon at all. The Packers have won a lot of games. They've had a lot of success. I wouldn't trade in anything that the Packers have done over the last 15 years with Aaron Rodgers on this roster even even with some of the tough playoff exits that they've had. But Matt LaFleur has got to get this team up and get this team ready. These players have to show up and be better. Eric said he was taken off guard a little bit by the Packers defense. I think we all were. We all were hoping that the defense would step up and carry this team. And if you're not going to win the game, that's okay. But to perform the way that they did today and look as lost as they did. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Justin Jefferson, I think some of us might be might have been sleeping on how really good Justin Jefferson is as a wide receiver. You know, there was a lot of calls for Jair Alexander to shadow uh, Jefferson, and clearly that wasn't something Joe Barry wanted to do And Jair Alexander didn't travel with Jefferson, and it would appear that the, the Packers are not going to have Jair Alexander travel with the opposing team's best receiver unless they have a change of heart at some point. But after what I saw in this game, 184 yards on nine catches and two touchdowns. I'm not sure Jair Alexander mitigates all of that or a lot of that. I I didn't see anything from Jair that was, that was great in coverage. And again, bad performance, just like last year, you know, what, what do we see in week two? And it's going to be a very different game. You're playing the Chicago bears who did get a win in week one against the San Francisco 49ers. So not to be taken lightly, but it's at Lambeau field. It's the home opener. I'm sure the Packers are going to come out pissed off. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out pissed off. He still has to own the Bears because he said he did last season. So now you got to back it up. I think the Packers are going to be very ready for this, this second game, uh, the season opener at Lambeau Field. But it, I, I just, you know, I don't care that the Packers finished last season as a one seed and all this, hey, calm down, take it easy type of a thing. Set the tone. Set the tone. I'm going to be one who's going to be very carefully watching how Matt LaFleur navigates these waters, because you've got a team that's in flux here. Eric alluded to it. There's some young players on offense for the Packers. You're working in a couple wide receivers. Christian Watson, who had a terrible drop to start the game, and I don't know that that would have necessarily flipped the script, but it may may have changed the, the trajectory of this game because the Vikings owned the entire first half. The Packers didn't start stealing some of that until they scored their first touchdown in half number two. What happens the rest of the first half if Christian Watson holds on to that ball and at least makes it a 7-7 game? We'll never know. Romeo Dobbs caught a couple of his, his first passes. They're still learning, you know, getting lined up right, running the right routes, blocking. Christian Watson had a nice block in the game today that was nice to see. Um, it's easy to say week one there's a lot of time, but there's a lot of expectations and a lot of development that needs to happen on this young team. And so the Packers really don't have as much room for error as much as they have 16 more games they don't have as much room for error because they're going to be counting on young players to step up and do a lot and that's a huge ask for them and it's one of the reasons why i didn't really feel that confident coming into this week one game against the vikings because it's just a lot to ask for a young team and young players in a really tough loud road environment their first nfl game as you saw the lights got really bright and christian watson wasn't up to the task on that first snap so when you get punched in the mouth you can't crawl into a ball when a few guys go down and an injury happens or you get hit in the mouth, you cannot crawl up into a ball. And that's what I'm seeing the Matt LaFleur Green Bay Packers do way too often, either hit back or just take the ball and go home. And obviously that's not what the Packers are going to do, but you cannot win in the NFL if you cannot fight. And the Packers learned that in a very, very big way in this particular game that if you if you're gonna put yourself behind in a tough in a tough venue where where it's already difficult on the road with an offense that didn't play in the preseason didn't really have a chance to gel much together, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big issue. The offensive line, a lot of questions. I think the biggest question is is Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari. When can you play football again, please? Because with those two guys out there, even at rusty levels. I think the Packers' offensive line gets a lot better. We'll see what the severity of the injury to John Runyon Jr. is. Hopefully it's not too bad. Head injuries obviously always very concerning. But if you get one or both of those guys back, and the assumption is is that Elton Jenkins is going to play right tackle if David Bakhtiari is at left tackle, and even if, if David Bakhtiari is not back, it's going to be Yash Nyman at left tackle, and I thought he did okay. In this game against Minnesota, he had Zedarius Smith. He had a a tough matchup, and I thought he did all right. Z had a good game. He got a sack. He moved around. Four sacks of Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? Three of those sacks, to me, were on Rodgers. They were on him holding onto the ball, not seeing what was going on around him, not sensing what was going on around him, not getting rid of the football. And so, is that fixable? Yeah, it's fixable. But your Hall of Fame quarterback, you would hope, wouldn't make that mistake three times in one game. I can understand it happening three times in the first three, four games, but not in one game. And and, and almost on two snaps in a row did it happen, too. So I don't know what's going on there. I know that Rodgers got a little bit of the the dances and the yips a couple seasons ago. And it seemed like when Matt LaFleur came in, that was fixed a little bit. And there were some quick passes. And I like the fact that they got the ball out. I have no problem with the fact that the leading receiver was a running back in this particular game for the Packers, it's not at all what we're used to seeing. But A.J. Dillon leads the team with five receptions. He had 46 yards. And Aaron Jones was the leading rusher by only four yards. So A.J. Dillon was almost your your top producer on offense. Jones, five carries for 49 yards. That's almost a 10-yard average. Fantastic day on the ground for him uh, in a losing effort. A.J. Dillon, 10 rushes, 45 yards, four and a half yard average. He did find the end zone. Packers avoid the shutout, which was very nice to see. And he leads the team in receptions. He had 46 yards on five catches and a a 9.2-yard average. So the Packers, are are, it's a changing situation on offense as far as who they're going to throw the ball to, who they're going to get involved. But I think when Lazard comes back and with Dobbs and Watson getting some time under their belt, I think this offense will get a little bit better. Sammy Watkins caught three balls for 18 yards. Jawan Winfrey had one catch for 17 I think the Packers. You know, Robert Tunyon had a nice 23 yard catch. There's some opportunities there. Hopefully, it was Rust. It's going to be really hard to tell. And I know I'm, I'm throwing some shade at the Chicago Bears, who did win their game against the Niners, and and they are 1 0. But it's going to be really hard to know if the Packers are just are, are better, and Week One was Rust, or if they're okay and they're back, if they're able to to beat Chicago and hopefully beat them handily before they head to Tampa in Week Three to face Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in another big road NFC matchup, a game that the Packers probably really need to try to to find a way to win because if for no other reason, if there's a tiebreaker needed at the end of the season, you'd rather play at home than have to go and play at that road venue. So those are my final takes. I think my big take coming out of this one here is Matt LaFleur, I'm watching you. I want to see what you do to get this team ready. And I want to see the culture of this team. And I want to see a turnaround. I want to see these guys respond. To what happened in week one, I want to see them step up and, and do some bigger and better things than we saw in week one. Spit it out. Get this, this the taste of this terrible loss out of your mouth and move on to week two and get back on track for the 2022 season and get after some of these goals that we know that the Green Bay Packers can accomplish. Thanks, everybody, for riding along. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Eric. Always love having him come on. He's uh, very gracious, and, of course, it's easy to come on when your team comes out ahead and you're on the winning side of things. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to have him back. Everybody, hope your week is off to an okay start. The Packers will get back to work on Wednesday. Prepare for their uh, home opener Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears coming up on Sunday. We're closer and closer every minute, so hang in there, everybody. We will somehow make it again. I'm Jason Perone. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Perone. You can follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. Take care of yourself wherever you're at. Enjoy what is left of summer, everybody. Take care of yourself, and as always. Go Pack Go! Off play action, back to throw. Prescott, with time, right, it over the middle for the hands of cover,
1: intercepted, Jair Alexander, to the 20, cutting left, 25-30, he's got an escort, to the 35-40, hurdles a defender, close to 50, and in the Dallas Territory.